Meredith Health, we believe that patients' needs come first. That's why they are the center of everything we do. It's Your Health Matters with Melanie Cole. Speech-language pathologists, sometimes called speech therapists, assess, diagnose, treat, and help to prevent communication and swallowing disorders in patients. They work closely with patients and families to develop a personalized treatment plan to facilitate recovery and help patients improve or regain speaking ability. My guest today is Jacqueline Siroy. She's a speech and language pathologist at Meritus Health. Welcome to the show, Jacqueline. So people don't really understand necessarily what a speech therapist really does. So kind of take us through what you do with patients. And you can start with little guys and go to the elderly. Kind of give us a rundown on what your job actually entails. Okay, I can definitely do that. Thanks, by the way, for having me. So we serve patients from birth to the elderly. Um, With the little ones a lot... We work a lot with um, kids who aren't talking. So by about one, we should be seeing some words typically with kids. And, you know, if we're not seeing that, then we start to get a little concerned. And, of course, everybody develops at a different rate and everything. But, you know, if kids aren't getting words by one, then we will typically, you know, have them come in in a couple months, you know, to work with us, and we can encourage communication. So we work a lot with kids like that with maybe developmental delays, we call them, you know, they're behind. We work with a lot of kids with, you know, different genetic diseases such as Down syndrome, um, intellectual disability, um, autism. We see a lot of patients with autism because typically from a young age they're developmentally behind. Um, And then we also work actually with a lot of patients as well with hearing loss and cochlear implants and things like that because if you're not hearing correctly, then it's going to be hard um, to produce sounds and words correctly. And then we also work with a lot of adult patients as well with strokes, brain injuries, um, dementia, Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's disease. We work with a variety of different patients. So then let's start with little guys. Okay. Jacqueline, so what is considered normal in typical speech and language development? When should parents, and you can just give us some red flags for parents, when they might require early intervention and need to contact someone? Sure. So like I was saying a little bit earlier, typically a little before age one or around one, we should be seeing some words. You know, for example, even things like mama and dada, And, you know, we should be seeing them connect different things, you know, things in their environment, juice, um, things like that. So about that age, if, you know, they're not really saying anything or, you know, if we're not even hearing babbling or anything like that, that is definitely a red flag. And that um, is something you want to get checked out. But on the flip side, if they don't feel, they don't seem to be understanding. So, you know, if you're saying, go get your toy or, you know, things like that, and it's just like they are not understanding what you're saying, that's another red flag that something is going on with their language processing. Okay, so then you might work with the family and and help them, showing them kinds of some exercises. Speak a little bit about how you work with kids, just kids in general, because kids are a little bit difficult sometimes to work with, so you have to involve play or something a little bit more fun. Speak about how you work with kids. Sure. So a lot now, um, the big push is for us to use things that are in the child's environment, which I think is great because... If we're using toys and things like that they, they already have, they're going to be motivated by it and want to play with those things. So a lot, um, what an early intervention speech therapist will do is they will come in 
and they'll just get out toys and they will play. But we will require the kid to request somehow that they want that toy. So instead of just playing, letting them play with it, you know, at the very beginning, we may, you know, let them play with it for a couple minutes, but then we're going to take it away. So, for example, a lot of kids, they don't want to stay. They don't want to ask, can I have that, please, things like that. So with a lot of those kids, we actually will do sign language. Um, we'll do, you know, sign for please, sign for more, anything like that, just to make sure, you know, that they're somehow communicating because it's so important. For those kids who don't seem to be understanding language and understanding directions and things like that, a lot of times we'll do things like look at pictures, you know, and we'll have them point to different animals and, you know, make animal sounds and things like that. And we may even take their hand, you know, if they still don't seem to be understanding and point to the dog, the cat, things like that, just to kind of provide a rich language environment because we want to encourage them to grow in that area. So now on to some older people, and as we mentioned, you mentioned Alzheimer's or dementia mm-hmm. or Lou Gehrig's or MS or stroke. There are so many instances when people might develop speech and language disorders because of various right. illnesses. So speak about how you help that population with some of these things. Sure. So um, especially in my current job right now, I see a lot of patients um, with brain injuries, like traumatic brain injuries and strokes. And so they are patients who had their language and they were able to speak and understand and things like that. And then they had this event and all of a sudden they couldn't. So we, again, are trying to find a way to help them communicate. So we do, um, you know, a lot of activities like, you know, we'll do following direction activities and things like that, but we try to make it very practical. So, for example, with some of my patients, if they've had a stroke and the area of their brain is affected that affects their understanding and ability to follow directions, we may make something because we can follow a recipe or remember, you know, to turn the stove on, to preheat it, turn it off, things like that. If they're having um, trouble saying words, we do a lot, you know, we'll name pictures and, you know, my role is to kind of help cue them and give them hints and, you know, things like that to kind of help them when they are stuck and can't get the words out. Um, Some patients we have, you know, it's difficult for them to ever talk. You know, sometimes they just, they will get words out, but they're not understandable and things like that. So we can even work on saying sounds correctly or providing them with AAC, which is alternative and augmentative communication. So that's using pictures to communicate or a book with words or things like that, because our ultimate goal is to help them to communicate, you know, for them to be able to say what's important and what they need and want. So kind of wrap it up for us, which with speech therapy and what you want people to know about this field, Jacqueline, and the importance of visiting a speech therapist if you feel that you have some concerns and just really kind of give a rundown of why what you do is so important and people don't even really realize. Sure. So I think first off, it's important if you are concerned about anything. You know, if you have a child who seems to be talking, they're behind, or, you know, you have a family member, or, or you yourself are noticing problems, you know, with talking, memory, things like that, I think it's important to get in early, you know, because you want to start and, you know, get better as quickly as possible. And I think that our role is to kind of help speed up that process, you know, The brain grows and, you know, repairs itself by itself, but we are so important in kind of 
helping speed that process along. And we, you know, can provide strategies and tips and things like that to kind of help trigger those areas of the brain and to get you talking is basically the big role that we have. Thank you so much for such great information, Jacqueline. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to Your Health Matters with Meritus Health. And for more information, you can go to MeritusHealth.com. That's MeritusHealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.